an electric night at Jordan-Hare had Auburn pulling all the stops for a 31-20 victory over Ole Miss Rebels. Hello, Auburn family, and welcome back to another episode of Page 8, brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I am your host, Kristen Carr, and wow, what a week for Auburn football. We are going to be breaking that down in just a moment, but first, I want to introduce you to our writer of the week, Larry Robertson. Larry is a junior studying journalism and minoring in sociology, and this is his second year with the Plainsman, and he has been writing so many great articles for us this week, including some really fun columns. So here he is in the studio. Larry, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you guys so much for having me on. So it's a pleasure and it's an honor to be the writer of the week. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask you first, you wrote a really fun column <laughs> And it highlighted a certain player's affinity for baked beans. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we've heard about McCreary's uh, love for baked beans for about a year now, but I was in the uh, the Sonic drive-thru waiting for my nightly meal, and I look on Twitter and I see a tweet that says, baked beans be on my mind. And immediately I was like, I have to do an article. Like, I don't care what it's on. I'm writing something right now. And I went in my notes app and I like copy and pasted the tweet and then... I was like, you know, I'm going to find where he said this. And I've never done something on like Tiger Talk, but it was fun, like listening to the whole thing and like hearing his like, because, you know, it's a lot more conversational than like the Zooms and stuff. So mm-hmm. he was just talking about beans. And I was like, this is perfect for like just a fun story, you know, little personality in it. And it was just it was awesome to write, honestly. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny. I mean, do you think that the baked beans had a little bit to do with the success this weekend? (laughs) I do. I think it got his heart pumping a little bit. He was he was moving a little bit faster than usual. I don't know. I think I think he needs to get three plates in next week. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, maybe put a little a few more uh, packs of sugar on there, like he was saying. (laughs) Maybe maybe 10 instead of eight this time. I don't know. Yeah, and um, I mean, Auburn did not need to throw any golf balls this weekend to get a W. They just needed to play. No mustard, no golf balls. That's right. Exactly. And I want to ask you, what do you think was the key to their success so early? Because they were never behind um, the whole game. And you had everybody picking against them, right, in game day that morning. And. I mean, everybody was just saying, Olmus is has got this in the back. It's yep. going to be easy peasy. And then they were never ahead the whole game. So what do you think allowed them to have that kind of success? I think there was two things. I think Auburn getting out to a fast offensive start uh, definitely catapulted them to like a successful game. It only like uh, improved the defense's confidence and you know, let them get out there and be like, we're not behind, we're up already, we just need to play the game that we want to play. And I think, like you said, the people picking against them, I think that, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think people were tired about hearing Matt Corral, a Heisman candidate, he's going to drop 50 on Auburn. I think they were tired of hearing that. I think they just wanted to put on the best game they could, and I think they did exactly that. Yeah, and something about, I think, the mindset when they went into this game, it just felt different than um, I would compare it to the Georgia game. It just felt different than that because when you're going against a top 10 team, and obviously Georgia's number one, so they are, you know, considerably better, but, you know, you have this certain mindset that you have to go into with if you're, if you even have a chance at winning. And I feel like they had that winning mindset and they, he was playing, 
they were all playing like that next play was going to be the one to win the game. You know, it was that Im- the measure of importance on every single detail. And it did get, you know, there were moments that were sloppy and, you know, things fell through. But overall, I think there were just a lot of improvements across the board. What do you, what do you think I think you that? hit on it on the head. I mean, I think that this team definitely learned from the Georgia game. Um before that game, they wanted to talk about how, you know, the running game needs to get back in it and things like that. And I think this game is the game where they wanted to prove that. They wanted to come out and say that, you know, we can be a top 10 team as well. And you saw, I mean, Tank rushed for 140, his first 100 rushing, uh, 100 yard rushing game in the SEC this year. Um, I think they just, I th- again, I think, like you said, uh, detail, confidence, and just execution. Because I only saw one uh, offensive drive that I was like, eh, that was a little bit... Mm-hmm weary but they dropped 28 in the first half so like yeah. if they they should have carried that into the second half obviously Ole Miss probably like tightened up his defense a little bit but yeah they that, made some adjustments yeah I think. that first half showing on the offensive side of the ball was just stellar yeah and Bo Nix had 306 total yards of offense um and he actually he had a few running touchdowns there yeah. as well um which was always fun to see and he's now second all time um, in Auburn history in total offense. And I think he only needs uh, 309 yards to break the record completely. So he's playing, in my opinion, the best game he's ever played right now. I agree. I think he's at the top of his game. Um, And Coach Harrison was saying in the press conference, he said, you know, he's just he's more consistent and he's always prepared. And he was, you know, there were some people asking him, you know, what's changed? What's changed? And Harson was like, it's always been there. You know, it just hasn't really come out. And I think it's coming out now. And some of that, he said he's getting a lot better at preparation. And that was a big emphasis. And just in the preparation of, you know, watching film and, and all of that, how do you think that's going to affect them moving into the Texas A&M game? Just that level of preparation. I think if he maintains that level of preparation like he has this year, um, I think it's going to push him to be able to do some good things against Texas A&M. I mean, Bo Nix hasn't necessarily struggled against that team a lot. If you go back in the past like three years, honestly, Auburn has a lot of success. Um, maybe not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball, but um, I think if he just continues to uh, work on him and focus on the little things, like you said, like the minor things are the biggest in the in the quarterback position. And if he can just keep those feet down, and I know that that uh, coaching staff has been working on him hard, and I, we see it on the field. I mean, that they've made some improvements in his game, and he it's obviously him too. Like, like like you said, he has to put in that work, and I think he has been, and I think that's been a focus for him. So if he can maintain that going to the next week, and then the Bama game as well, because that defense is almost as good as Georgia's. So if he can just stay calm, I think being at home is also going to help him for Bama. But in next week's game... He just has to be uh, comfortable. I know it's a it's a road game. It's bad atmosphere, but he's been to Penn State and LSU this year. I think I think he can do it if he just stays focused. Yeah, and I think you know another emphasis that Harson was talking about was that it's not so much one guy um, as it is multiple players being more consistent and making improvement, and that makes Bo look better. Yeah, and I think that is honestly one of the biggest. Uh, stories that's kind of been overlooked a little bit this season. You have people, you know, everybody talks about Bo, and we should because he's quarterback, obviously. But, you know, 
I think that the O-line has made some improvements. The wide receivers, are you kidding? They've made so much improvement over the past, what, three weeks yeah. um, from where they were. So I think it's more than just Bo Nix, and I think he's getting the pieces together. You know, he's yeah. putting the puzzle together, and I think it's it's starting to look like a really strong team. Yeah. And I want to ask you, you know, a win over a top 10 team and then and an SEC West opponent, what do you think this means for the remainder of the season? And, you know, if, there's a lot of questions like if Auburn wins out, you know, <laughs> yeah. they might get a chance for a rematch in Atlanta. You yeah. know, what do you what do you think can happen with all of that? I think that they need to stay grounded and I think they will, but they need to take it one game at a time mm-hmm. and just realize that. Don't focus on what the other teams are doing. You know, it could be easy to see, you know, Mississippi State, they've lost a few. Texas A&M, if they lose, like, two weeks from now, it all flop, flip-flops. But I think they just need to keep that uh, that underdog mentality that they've had. You know, they were picked against in the Arkansas game, clean slate on college game day, same thing for Ole Miss. So if they just act like they're going to get picked against for Texas A&M, I think that that's going to be the um, the difference maker for this team. I don't think it's, like... We know we're good. I think that, like, they need to keep that. I don't know. It's just, like, you got to be the dog in the game. You know, that's that's just my (laughs) opinion. No, that makes sense. I think uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I agree. I think Auburn does better when they are considered the underdog. And I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why that is. But for some reason, I think it just kind of puts a little bit of a fire you know, under yep. them, and they just sort of go, okay, let's prove them wrong. And so uh, you almost hope that this, you know, their new ranking, right, they moved up so much, um, kind of doesn't get to their heads, and they yep. just keep thinking we're the underdog, and maybe they'll, you know, do really well. I Who think knows? I think Coach Harson will do a good job of that and his coaching staff. I think that they're not the type that are going to get, you know, ahead of the game or anything like that. But I do want to touch on the offensive line because you mentioned it. They have been playing extremely well considering last year's offensive line. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've had injuries and, like, uh, position changes and things like that. But they've been putting together a well, like a good season. And that might be uh, shoved to the corner a little bit because the run game has had its struggles the past few weeks. But in total, like, Bonix has had a clean pocket to throw out of. And, mm-hmm. I mean, especially you saw in the Ole Miss game. Like, he didn't get uh, too much pressure on him at all. And I think that's going to be, like you said— People around him are going to make him better. And the receivers catching the balls, um, he, him getting a little more, more time in the pocket to not roll out and keep, you know, keep going through his progressions. I think that's going to be like the biggest thing in the next few weeks. If that offensive line can just maintain what they've been doing. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, if you look at where they started and I mean, you kind of have to work with the talent that you have. And I think they they've done that. And they're the improvements that they've made are just they're good. And I mean, it can get a lot better, obviously, but they've finally gotten to the point where I think it's allowed everybody to do what they need to do in order to win games. And, you know, you can work with that, right? (laughs) So if you start from that place and kind of be like, okay, this is where we're starting from and it's clean. I mean, they, they were so clean. There wasn't, you know, a lot of false starts. There was, you know, not mm-hmm. a lot of holding calls. I don't think there was any holding calls um, on the offensive line um, this past game. So that's great if you're looking at, 
you know, overall performance for that. Just one more thing on that. I think it goes into development because they've talked about it this year. Um, the defensive line, each player has been developing and growing uh, like by themselves. And that only like goes in turn for competition because now now Harson has two players who can rotate in at the same position instead of one. You go down with an injury, then, you know, it just it's just making this whole group a lot better. Yeah, and, you know, Kobe Wooden was named the SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week this week. He had five tackles. Four of those were solo. He also had a hurry. Um, and then, you know, you had Zacoby McLean named SEC Co-Defender of the Week. He had 14 tackles and two sacks. So the defense, I think, really showed up. What did you see from them in this game? Honestly, um, the best defensive showing I've seen this year from Auburn. And if they take that the next week, then Auburn has a really good chance of winning this game. Like you said, the linebackers are just dogs right now. They're getting in. They're tackling hard. I mean, they've been doing it for multiple years. Uh, I don't know who is leader. It was either McLean or uh, Wooden last year. They mm-hmm. they both have stellar amount of tackles. And I think that this defense is only going to continue to grow. I mean, the the secondary they've they're they're only growing chemistry. Like they haven't been on the field together a lot. And yeah. Um, the linebackers, if they just keep playing the way they're playing, like you said, the defensive line has been playing well. Like. Um, that was one of the um, things I was worried about before the season because, um, you know, the, 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 the trenches are where you win or lose games, and Auburn's been putting them in a place to win games. So if they keep that up, then could be a season to have. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, we will be right back, and we're going to give you guys a little bit of an update on soccer and basketballs coming up. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. All right, and we are back, and before we get into previewing soccer and basketball coming up, Larry's still here with us. He's going to talk a little bit about a column that he wrote, and it's titled, Maybe Harson is the right man for the job after all. What? Tell us about this article and what kind of inspired you to write it. So the people here at The Plainsman, uh, through our football talks, they probably know that I'm a stubborn individual. And when I set my uh, opinion in something like, this will succeed or this won't succeed, I stand by that, and you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that over the past three or four years, but I definitely have keep myself grounded. And uh, this time, I just felt like I was wrong. And originally, I put in the title, "I was wrong." Harson is the right man for the job. They edited it out, but that's fine. <laughs> but uh, um, I honestly feel like I just I had too much riding on the hire. We were looking at a bunch of big names. Uh, Mario Cristobal, the biggest one, just because, you know, we've seen Oregon go to the, the success, you know, the pinnacle of success, maybe not win a natty because that's Oregon. But, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in there. Sorry, Oregon fans. But um, when I heard about this hi- Harson hiring, I didn't know who he was. Um, I went back and I went through his, like, track record, like most Auburn fans and most analysts did. And it was just like, I didn't know what to expect. And that was like the biggest thing, skeptical. That's the word I Mm -hmm. used in the article to start with. I was just skeptical about it all. I was like, is this really what Auburn wants to do? You know, they were moving on from an eight-year, tenured coach. It was, he's won a natty as an offensive coordinator at Auburn. You know, it was, it was a big step. And I think I wasn't ready, but the past few weeks have definitely pushed me toward that direction. I mean, 
going into Arkansas, and I picked Arkansas to win that game, like, 30 to 10, honestly. Like, I did not really? see... I did not see Auburn having a fight in that at all, and they proved me wrong. I mean, even with the, with the if even with the run game, you know, struggling like they were, yeah. they, still, they still put it on, and that's when the defense started, like, playing, playing, and they carried into this week, of course, but I just feel like Harson's doing something with this team, and it may be Gus recruits. People are like, you know, is Harson going to be able to recruit as well as Gus or better? Mm-hmm. And I just think if he can do what he's doing with the recruits he has now, it's only going to bring more guys in. Yeah, and I think he's been a he's done a great job of just developing. Yeah, yep. I think um, you know you're like you said you're sort of forced to use the talent that you have when you come in like this, and he has gone above and beyond. I think what people's expectations were. And I think part of the reason, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is, you know, when when they were figuring out, okay, we're going to fire Gus Malzahn, who are we going to hire? I think part of it was, I think Auburn was just tired of being average. Yeah, You know, they were tired of being mediocre. And it's just, it sounds a little harsh, but it's true. And I think Auburn fans want more. They yep. want more and they have this certain level of expectation. And for Harson to come in on his first year and have the the success that he's having and build, you know, he's building something. Mm-hmm. And you said you said it, you know, he's building something. There's something that's happening that he is um starting to foster up and in this team and it feels special to me. I don't really know how and and where to put my finger on it, but it just feels special. It looks special to the players. I mean, you see it on their social media posts and when they come out for games, like they look ready. They look like they look like they believe in what they're doing. They look like believe they believe in the coaching staff they have. And I think that's gonna take them far and beyond. Yeah, and I think when you believe that you can win, when you believe that you have the ability to pull things off, and you have the faith in your teammates, you have the faith in yourself, you have the faith in your coaches, that carries you. And I think he's brought that back to Auburn. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, he took an, you know, unrigged Auburn team. And you said this in your article, you know, he took unranked Auburn with one of the hardest schedules in football, college football, and... They're ranked number 12 right now. I mean, how insane is that? (laughs) Hey, they could be even ranked higher next week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And, you know, you also said two of the hardest games coming up this year. Um, You know, we've talked about Texas A&M and then Alabama coming up as well. That is going to be, you know, challenging, I think. But we saw what we saw in Jordan-Hare this weekend. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was just I've never felt the type of energy in a college football game that I felt in that game. I mean, I think, you know, maybe it was the fireworks, maybe it was the lights, but there was just something about it that was almost more than the Georgia game. I don't know. What about you? What did you think? (laughs) Yeah, I almost said something in our Slack group message because I was like, this is where my combative side is going to come out. I don't know. The 2019 Iron was a little more hype than this game. That's just my... Now, okay. <laughs> now, the the wave was dope. That was something that I'll never forget. But I think just like the uh, overall atmosphere, I got to take the Bama game. But this one is a close second or third for me. Definitely 2013 Georgia is number one for me. But All right. Just... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think uh, no matter what, I 
it's just to be able to have, like we said, you know, just the success that Harson has had. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. I think the future looks good. To touch on the future a little bit, uh, I think the biggest thing for Auburn, even if it loses those two games, um, it has to show they can compete. Mm-hmm. The Georgia game is one where I, in my article, I didn't even mention it just because Georgia is really, really good, and I didn't expect Auburn to win that game at all, but I think that it has to put on a better showing than it did against Georgia versus Texas A&M and Bama. That's just, that's just what I think, and if they can put you know 20 points on either of those teams, then it'll show a different team that Auburn has shown in the past just because scoring is the biggest thing in the SEC nowadays. Mm-hmm. I think the defense is going to play, play well either way, but... Yeah, yeah. So it's really about, you know, can the offense deliver? And if the defense can just keep doing what they're doing, you know. It'll give them a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, prediction, really fast. Who do you think is going to win next week? Auburn, Texas A&M. I'm going Auburn 30-23. All right, there you have it. And before we go, I do want to mention Alyssa Melanson for Auburn soccer, was named SEC Defender of the Year. So impressive, and congratulations to her. And they are at the SEC tournament this week, and will be heading, obviously, to the NCAA tournament, and that's got to be so exciting. And we also have basketball coming up. Uh, The season is right around the corner, y'all. The exhibition game is on Friday at 7, and then they have their season opener on November 9th, and I know Auburn fans just cannot wait for that. <laughs> this is going to be a big week in Auburn sports. I'm telling you that right now. Absolutely. Larry, thank you so much for coming on. I always appreciate it, and this is your first time, so I definitely want you to come back. It was awesome. It was a great experience, a fun time, and I hope you guys have me back soon. Yeah, definitely. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. You have been listening to Page 8, brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and we will see you guys next time.